You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today's podcast will cover some difficult topics, and I believe will give a lot of hope to parents who may find themselves in situations where their children are struggling with anxiety, depression, or even suicidal ideation. As my children have gotten older, I've come to realize the depth of the issues that young people today are faced with, regardless of how solid their own foundation is at home. Even if your own children don't struggle with any of these things, I can almost guarantee that some of their friends will. So educating yourself on these issues and how to combat them in a way that will maintain relationships and allow you to continue to have a platform to shepherd hearts is incredibly important. So stay tuned as I chat with Lori Wildenberg all about that in today's episode. Lori is the mom of a daughter who has wrestled with depression, and she's passionate about helping parents help their children. Lori is a licensed parent and family educator, a national speaker, parent coach, and author or co-author of six parenting books, and I'm thrilled to have her joining us today. Today's episode is brought to you by Alpha Omega Publications. 45 years ago, AOP began its mission to educate, inspire, and change lives through curriculum that promotes academic excellence and Christian values. Today, they're proud to be part of the homeschool journey and countless memories for thousands of families. Discover the benefits of a Christian homeschool education and learn more about AOP's award-winning homeschools today at AOP.com. Or you can give them a call at 1-800-622-3070. Again, learn more at AOP.com or by giving them a call at 1-800-622-3070. I'm so excited to have Lori Wildenberg with us today. I actually met Lori back in, I think it was early February of this year at a conference that we both were able to speak at in St. Louis. And it was so good to hear her speak. It was awesome to hear her story and to to see how the Lord has used her and her experience through the years. So I'm very excited for you to meet her and see how she can help you as well. So Lori, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Oh, Leslie, I am so glad to be here with you. This will be a great conversation, and and I think an important one. Oh, I do, too. I absolutely do. Lori, since we have not been able to speak together at a Teach Them Diligently conference yet, I want you to introduce yourself to our families and just give them a little context of who you are and kind of where you're coming from before we start talking about your book. Okay. Well, my mission is to help families build connections that last and that uh, that is my my big focus and i do i work that mission out through my writing i've i've written a few parenting books and not just through my writing but also through my my ministry and also on facebook my ministry is called first corinthians 13 parenting which serves parents, and I do a lot of parent coaching and so forth through the ministry. Uh, and then also, um, we I have a presence on social media 
uh, and that is the Moms Together page and the Moms Together group. And it's uh, the idea is the tightest two kind of a, a mentoring situation where it's women moms who are expect moms who are expecting all the way up through grandmoms, and hmm. um, it's a very interactive group. And we also have a Moms Together Facebook page that has, I think, has blessed many people as well. And so the idea is to encourage and to support women in their mothering or their grandmothering. That's awesome. And so, so needed. But how did how did the Lord lead you to get into parent ministry, to really lean into this segment of, of, of a way to help people? Oh, that, I like that question. <laughs> That's good. So, so by trade, I am... I'm a licensed elementary education teacher, K through six. And then when Tom and I started having our kiddos and I was home full time, um, our oldest kiddo was um, a little bit of a challenge, so shall we say. And <laughs> I thought, you know, being a former teacher, man, you know, not only do I know developmental stuff, but I got this behavior stuff down pretty good too. And funny how God shows you that maybe you could uh, use a little a, a little help and a little prayer. And so I started taking some parenting classes, and they were so helpful. And I hmm. I love being a mom, and I love being a teacher, and I love Jesus. And so. This ministry was a great way to combine all of my passions and my loves to be mm. able to serve other parents who might be walking a hard road with a with a child or even just maybe just needs a little pick me up and um, and a little adjustment in their in their parenting. And so we've got four kids. We adopted our oldest from Columbia. She was three months old. And then um, we had three more the old-fashioned way. So by the time we had, we had four kids ages five and under. So it was a really, really busy during those toddler years and pretty interesting during the teen years. <laughs> but it was, it's all good, you know. There's, there's challenges and then there's also really wonderful blessings in the midst of yes. it. All. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's so needed to come alongside and encourage parents. I think that with the messaging that we are all bombarded with today, there is an incredible amount of insecurity um, among parents in our ability to to just do it because, you know, we're really hit with messaging all the time that tells us that we can't, that, you know, you're going to mess it up, you're going to do all of this. So, um so it is it is so exciting for me to see how God is raising up other people to just reinforce biblical understanding of our role as parents and then encourage and equipping us to do it better. Yeah, you know, and too, I think part of it is when you love something so big, like the way we hmm. love our kids, right? We love them so big and we want to do right by them. We want to do... We want to honor and glorify God while we're parenting. And so because of our great passion 
and our desire to do it, to do it well and right. I think right. that is how many of us feel. And probably most of us have already figured out we're not going to do it perfectly. So exactly. I, I think we're, we're pretty good with understanding that. But we just don't want to, we don't want to mess up something that's so important. Right. And, and there's a lot of voices out there. Um, and I just think, first of all, you know, the Holy Spirit, we've got to listen to that. Because just as the Lord parents us, he has his principles and his standards. But he deals with each one of us in a unique fashion. Mm -hmm. He doesn't go against his principles or his standards. But he deals with me differently than he deals with my husband. Right. And as we deal differently with each one of our children, too, even though our principles are still the same, our morals, our values, you know, our faith, that's still consistent. So I do think there is some uncertainty because there's a lot of words that kind of hang over us, like um, consistency and, you know, those sort of things where we're feeling like, oh, am I doing the right thing here because right. I didn't do this with this one particular child? Well, they are all different, and some run out into the street just because they're impulsive, and others hold on to your hand because they just intuitively know to do that. Yep. Well, and it's it's exciting to see those differences that we see when they're younger become much, much more pronounced as they get older. And you're able to see the uniqueness that God has created each one of them in his image. And yet he's gifted them for exactly what he is preparing them and calling them to do. And that involves, you know, those strong-willed kids as well as those more easygoing ones. God has a special plan for all of them. And as parents that get to know our children on such a deep level, we are able to point them to the truth that God created them exactly as he wanted to, and then help them kind of refine the sharp edges that maybe come along with their personality or their natural bent so that they are a much better vessel in the Lord's hands as they get older. Yes. And, you know, and he has crafted us to be their parents. Mm -hmm. And, and I love that because you know, and when I think of my, my oldest, my adoptive child, he crafted me to be her mom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just as he crafted her birth mom to give birth to her, we were always to be her parents. Right. And, um, and I love that, 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 that God uniquely knits families together. It's so intentional. And mm -hmm. I, I just think that's a really cool thing. So, yes, our kids each have a purpose and a passion, and we need to help them grow in whatever that is the Lord has for them. But also to be confident in the position that God's given us. He has given yeah. us the ability to be their parent and um, to train them up in the way they should go. And, and that verse um, from Proverbs has really been misunderstood. That... Mm. It has been looked at like train them up in the way they should go in the sense that if you do it right, they're never going to step off the expected, right? That they will always stay true. But what that, what that verse really means to train them up in the way they should go 
is to train them according to their unique bent, their personality, in the way, in their purpose, in the way that the Lord would have them go because he's created them a particular way. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, the idea of family is God's greatest idea. Oh, no question. And it's foundational for everything else. The The church is built on families. Our communities are built on families. And, and that really is why for the last 11 years that we've been producing events and resources, it, our cry, our hearts cry, our prayer has been that God would use, teach them diligently to really spark revival in the hearts of families, because that's where I believe you're going to see huge change in, like I said, our churches, our communities, our, our land and around the world is as God gets in a hold of the hearts of moms and dads, and they're able to really, really solidly pass that faith onto their children, preparing them. And just the work that he is doing is so exciting to see. So yeah, I get, I get super jazzed, super excited to talk about God's work in families because it is so important and it's so undervalued in the world today. And that is just a great tragedy. Yeah, you're right. It is undervalued and it so much so that I think that it's getting a little scary. Yeah, no question. Yeah situations where people who do value that can come to your conferences and and get some additional equipping and encouragement mm. um, we we really need that we need both we need equipping and we need to be encouraged yeah absolutely absolutely well Lori I want to segue just a little bit here you have a new book out that's called messy hope which I before we dive into anything about it I would love to know why why is it called messy hope what is what's the thought process there well hope is always born in the hardship right hmm. hope rises to the surface in the mess hence messy hope Wow. I have three previous books that have the word messy in too. So there's that continuity. Gotcha. Messy journey, help, um, messy journey, and then the messy life of parenting, and then messy hope. Help your child hmm. overcome anxiety, depression, or suicidal ideation. That, that topic is so heavy and... So I think that for for a lot of parents, that is something that evokes such fearful emotions that their child would struggle that way. And yet we have got to recognize that so many in our world today are struggling with those things, with depression, with anxiety, with suicidal ideations. What what really spurred you on to write this book? Well, a personal experience, and that, that is how the Lord seems to um, work with me. Wow. He, before I present, before I do any, you know, teaching or, or writing, um, we always have to live something first, right? Hmm. And this, this was, out of the six books that I've written, this book has, was the most difficult to write, and I... I was fearful about writing it and hmm. the impetus to write it. It wasn't anything that was on my radar. Um, but my, my uh, daughter had a praise God failed suicide attempt her wow. senior year of college. 
Wow. And um, that's an age that's a really tender age, a very sensitive age. Um, the college years, uh, there are many suicide attempts during those college years. Hmm. Um, but uh, she, she had a failed suicide attempt. And then a couple years past her attempt, um, she actually wrote a blog. And the blog was about, um, it was to encourage other, other people her age who were walking in perhaps depression or anxiety and to provide hope. Hmm. And uh, she was funny because she was telling me that she was going to write this, write a blog. And, I, and she said, so mom, how do you get people to read your blog? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, one great way is to put it out on Facebook. Now, what I should have said is, huh, what did you write a blog about? <laughs> I didn't ask her the question. She had just been saying that she'd been wanting to blog. And I had no idea of the topic. Wow. And so she put her blog out on Facebook. And, oh, my gosh, it drew up all those emotions and hmm. that fear and that her, those horrific emotions of what had occurred when she was struggling with depression. Yeah. Um, but her particular blog was very hopeful, and I could see that the way that um, the young people were interacting, it was something that they really needed. And after I observed this and continued to ask my daughter if she was okay, um, which is a good thing to ask, <laughs> so you, you never not ask. Yeah. Don't take anything for granted. Have those conversations for sure. So I, you know, she was reassuring me she was fine. Well, the Lord was working on me to do something in a similar vein to help parents help their child, to mm -hmm. help either before a struggle and perhaps prevent some things or what to do in the middle of the struggle. And because of those two reasons and because my daughter was comfortable going public with her blog and she put that out there, my next step was to ask her permission if yeah. she would be comfortable with me writing this book and then was she, would she be willing to um, have her voice in the book as well? Hmm. And uh, could we use some excerpts from her blog? And she was very enthusiastic about it, which wow. I, I was less enthusiastic about it. It scared me. Yeah. I, I was. Oh, worried, I'm sure. Would draw up those feelings in her again. Mm. I went in with great fear, honestly, and I kept, I continued to pray and I could tell the Lord was moving in that direction, but he's so gentle too, that it wasn't a forced thing. And so as she and I worked on the book, I kept, she would relay a story. I would, I would give her a, a topic and I'd say, well, how, would you please speak to this? And when she yeah. did, you know, she had to remember how she felt at that time. And so I would ask her, you know, are you okay? And, you know, is this drawing up that dark stuff in you? And, and 
I finally felt comfortable moving forward when she said, Mom, it's even hard for me to recall now what I felt like wow. because that I don't have those same right. feelings anymore. And oh, praise the Lord. That, then we really got going on the book because yeah. I felt confident that it was going to be okay. So how did writing the book with your daughter, which is so amazing that God would allow you to do that and to really get her input on it, how did that help you understand and work through the feelings that she had had and get get a better, I don't, I, I, it's hard to understand someone who gets that desperate. And so to be able to truly, I guess, get in her head, for lack of a better word, understand what's going on, um, how helpful was that for you in dealing with all of it as well? It was very helpful. In fact, what I hadn't realized is that I was so focused on my daughter and her mental health and her getting healthy. It never occurred to me that hmm. I had some trauma and grief that surrounded it as well. Oh, I'm sure. Um, God used the vehicle of us working on the book together um, to actually, it was really healing for both of us. And I didn't think I needed healing. <laughs> I, hmm. It wasn't even on my radar. I, right. But, but I did. And because um, that was a really, it was a very scary time. And hmm. even now, years later, if I can't get a hold of her right away, I can feel a sense of anxiety building up in me. And yeah. so we've got an agreement that um, I get to ask her whenever I want <laughs> um, if if she's okay. And yeah. she has to answer me honestly. And um, so that we've been doing pretty good with that. <laughs> good, 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 good. And the the... The amount of trust that you have to have in one another coming on the other side of that, um, like you were kind of noting there, you can ask and she she has to answer honestly that that rebuilding that really, you know, shoring up that relationship in that way um, so that every time that those whispers of, of fear and stuff are, are kind of echoing in your head that you're able to go back to truth and, and lean on that is so important. I'm sure for both of you coming out of this. Yeah. And I need to remember once I've asked and she's answered me, honestly, I need to trust her, trust her answer and believe it. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're, we've learned a lot because we did work on the book together and it, it was very, very healing, and I am so thankful that God had us write it because I do believe it has helped a lot of people already. I've received a number of um, hmm. letters from folks and emails, and it's what a blessing to get that. You know, God doesn't have to encourage you that way, but right. it really seems to make a difference. Right. Well, and for your daughter as well, God... God redeems situations because anything that we offer back to him, he can use. And this is this is a pretty powerful thing, how God brought her through that and now is using that story to help and encourage and hopefully thwart 
those kind of feelings for others by giving information and and ways to spot things and that kind of thing in advance. And so um, it's I'm, I'm so very, very grateful that God is so faithful and so gracious and so good to use even things that that we wish weren't that way for his good or for our good and his glory in the long run. Yeah. Yep. So it's 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 very easy. You know, we we speak primarily to homeschool families, primarily Christian homeschool families. Um and it's really easy for us to to adopt the attitude that it couldn't happen here. You know, it's not we that it's it's not possible. It's like, you know, in in uh wizard it can't happen in Oz, right? It's just no, no, no. But it can. So have you found that homeschool families are also susceptible to these kind of, of deep, dark emotions and thoughts? You know, I just did some research on that, so I'm glad you asked the question. Um, it appears as if during the homeschool time that there is a little bit less now I, and I want to reassure the parent that has the child that does have anxiety or depression mm-hmm. and is homeschooling. Um, these things happen, right? Right. Just like you break your arm. You know, the, these things happen whether you're homeschooled or not. But it appears to be, and there hasn't been a lot of good, solid research, So, but it appears to be that... It is there are less mental health issues because there is there's less bullying, right? And there are less um, negative peer interactions. But of course, those peer interactions can occur on you know teams and yeah. you know other things that you might be involved in. But it it does appear that during the homeschool time that um, homeschooled kids fare a little bit better concerning mental health. Hmm. Um, but yet, again, the, the research isn't solid. So right. I, I can't say for sure, but there there's like a feeling, there's a sense of that. Right. Um, well, but and it it's would... It's like a, anything, you know, you, there's... They're less likely to get in an accident if they don't drive, but yet they can be in the car with someone and that person can get them in an right. accident. There are things that can happen. Right. Absolutely. And and as parents, we you know, I a lot of things that I've studied as I've kind of looked at statistics and so on about homeschool families would imply that, you know, in a lot of ways, because parents are so much more intentionally involved and they have more time to be involved because their kids aren't going away for several hours during the day. You know, you see the children faring better in, like you noted, mental health, not, you know, it doesn't completely preclude the, the ability for someone to struggle with this, but they, we do give them a a little bit more solid foundation on this. It would seem, um, yeah. So, so that, that time that we're able to invest in them, this is just another way that any sacrifice that you make to make that happen, anything that you shift aside to really focus on your child during those years that they are at home, God uses that powerfully. And that should be great hope and affirmation that you are walking the right path for the good of your child. Yes, I, that, that's exactly right. 
you know, and, and two, whatever you can do to build that, continue to build that foundation so that if they do go off to college um, mm -hmm. or when they are living on their own, they have that. And, right. You know, they've got some more resources in their back pocket. Absolutely. In fact, I've got, I have in college right now. Um, and the things that their peers are dealing with and that because their peers are dealing with it and by God's grace, my kids are trustworthy and people like to talk to them, you know, they kind of start carrying those weights as well. It is astonishing how prevalent these thoughts are among, like you noted earlier, especially I'm seeing it in that college age um, time frame where so many there there are so many things changing there there's so much pressure put on them to make all these decisions that are going to direct the whole rest of their life they are recognizing that they've got to start building some financial stuff and all of these things hit them all at once and for an awful lot of kids they really struggle with how on earth am i supposed to do all of this and it's it's starting to breed this hopelessness that we're seeing yeah I agree. It's it's a hard world. Yes, it is. You know, all the the competition, um, it, it's out of control. Right. And our kids need hope. I mean, they are growing up in a very hard world. Hmm. So to be able to have um, resiliency is very important. It 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 is critical. Yet I believe we need to take one step beyond that and also have hope because yes. it's just like elastic right resiliency bounce back bounce forward bounce back bounce forward right you keep doing it you keep doing it and pretty soon that elastic just doesn't work as well anymore mm -hmm. so you need hope and the hope that we need is that eternal hope the hope that god has a plan and a purpose for our life that we were intentionally created. That also needs to be a big piece of resiliency is critical. It's very important. Yeah. And, and we need that. Our kids need that. We need to avoid rescuing them. Um, we come alongside just as, as God always says, he's with us, right? God is with us. He comes alongside. We need to come alongside our kiddos as well but yet, perhaps, even though we might have the instinct to rescue, because you're a mom or you're a dad, you just can't help it. That's just what right. you want to do. And I, I suspect the Lord feels the same way. He just <clears throat> wants to fix it. But yet, he knows that it's good for us to experience some hardship so mm. that we can have that resiliency and we can be reminded of the hope. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the older my children get, the more I see the importance of, of you know, allowing them to have had some of those harder times, even though it, it grieved me to no end to see them going through difficulties. But, but I'm grateful that they went through them at a time when I was the one that they were able to cry to. I was the one who was able to then help them fix their vision right where it needs to be for the only source of hope, like you noted. So what are some ways that you have found and that you encourage parents to cultivate this kind of help, hope 
in their children um, and, and really give them a solid foundation for it as they grow older? You know, there's one, one thing that is so simple that I think is one of the best hope cultivators ever is the ability to receive help and ask for help. Hmm. I think that's, that's the biggest thing. When our kids know that they can receive help or they can ask for help and that, and that can give help to right. be a, a helper as well. I think that is one of the things that builds, is the biggest builder of hope. Um, hmm. Throughout scripture, God is called our helper. And I think that's crazy. The God of the universe is my helper, but <laughs> right? I mean, that is so amazingly awesome. Yes. That, and for us to know that, okay, I can get help from the Lord, right? I can depend on the Lord. Also, the Lord puts us in families, in community. We are meant to be interdependent. We're created that way. Right. So that we can seek help or give help or, you know, receive help from other people. We are geared for relationship, for connection, and help is one of those ways. And I think that that's the biggest thing. If we can, in our families, have the idea of interdependence that focuses on helping and also reminding ourselves that God is also our helper, I think that is, that is one of the biggest things we can do. And in our Western culture, I think with, gosh, we just bleed red, white, and blue, right? And <laughs> independence, you know, independence. Exactly. <laughs> independence is great as a citizen in a country, but we want interdependence within our families so that when mm. our kids ask for help, we're happy to offer it. And, and not in a manipulative way, because sometimes right. little kiddos may ask for help when perhaps they really don't need it. And they, but that tells you something if they just want attention, they want, they want right. you. Um, right. so, so that's a good thing, but to also understand the motivation for asking. But to encourage that, I, uh, one of my uh, clients that I work with this dad is a very um, successful physician. And I'm working with he and his wife with, with, their, with their kids and how to, how to parent them well. Hmm. And I asked the, the mom and the dad about their experiences with their own parents and what their relationship was like. And the father said that he had no relationship with his parents, and particularly his dad. Because when, as a teenager, when he would ask his dad for help, his dad would say, you're a smart guy, you figure it out yourself. Well, the father probably was doing what he thought was the best thing. Right. Right? Um, but what that message conveyed to his son is, I don't want to help you, and you're on your own, buddy. Right. And, and right. that's how it was received. And so now here's this man who is a father and he was kind of starting to repeat some of those tendencies perhaps and he's now realized the importance of being a helper 
and hmm. and even asking for help, and that's yeah. another thing. And having that interdependence in the family that really breeds hope. That's I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do. Well, and the the genius of God's plan for creating us to live in community, um, like we like you've noted first within our families, then within the church body, the body of Christ, and just knowing that there are those that you can cry out to for help is just physically right here. I mean, obviously, ultimately, our hope is in the Lord, but we are able to lean into our brothers and sisters physically in our family, but also in Christ, and that. That should give such a sense of stability and hope to those of us who are plugged in in that way. Um, again, just celebrating God's beautiful plan for his people. Yeah. Yeah. It Being able to live in community, that that is huge. And it is totally God's design. Hmm. And we aren't perfect. And that's on purpose. <laughs> so that that we are able to look to the Lord and to each other. You know, we are called to come alongside each other and mm. to encourage each other. So this is part of the plan. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Lori, tell let's switch back to the book just a little bit. Tell me about some of the unique features that are contained in Messy Hope. Um, so that those families that that this really is designed to to help, whether you know preemptively or or in those situations, what what is there to offer that help and hope to the families? Yeah. So each each chapter and the each the chapters are very um, practical, hmm. but they also you know are filled with um, stories, not just my daughter's story, but stories from lots and lots of other families. Um, from kids and from their parents. And at the conclusion of each chapter, I have something called Hope Busters, and there's three Hope Busters, three Hope Builders, and three Hopeful Truths at the conclusion of each chapter, plus the prayer. And the Hope Busters um, are often things that we might typically do. Um, one hope buster is called toxic positivity. Now, this completely shocked me when I was researching for the book because I always think that, yeah, you know, let's put a positive spin on this, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, being positive is a good thing, but yet it can feel very um, discounting or dismissive. Yeah if you throw a positive thought out there when someone is sharing a great heartache or a struggle, um, much better to acknowledge the heartache and the struggle. And then talk, then move to problem solving rather than trying to put a pro positive spin on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the verse in John 16, where it says that, um, you know, Jesus, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, that's Jesus hmm. speaking. Wasn't that cool? He gives us reality. The real right. truth is, in this world, you will have trouble. That's the truth. Yeah. And then comes the hope. Hmm. Take heart. 
I have overcome the world. So that toxic positivity, we really need to watch out for because we can be dismissing. And if our kids come to us and they share a struggle and we continually respond in that way, like habitually respond in yeah. that way, they yeah. will stop coming to us with a struggle. Just like that dad who was talking about his own father, they don't have a relationship because he didn't feel he could go to his dad when he needed help. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I have seen so many, or I've actually experienced times where, um, you know, your your kids will come to you with something and because that evokes fear in you of some sort, um, it may not even be the toxic positivity, but rather you you get so anxious yourself that you're cutting off and you're not even allowing them to express all of the things that they that that is bottled up there. And there have been there have been times with my own children where, in fact, recently, where I have had to say, listen, I'm not going to say a word. You just you just talk and and I will just absorb. And I'm sorry that I was cutting you off because it's so tempting to want to talk, to want to help, to want to offer hope, whatever it is. But really, we've got to listen and hear the heart and hear the struggle before we can we can do anything to engage with them on that level. That's so true. It does create an anxiousness in us when we hear our kids are worried or concerned mm -hmm. or feel bad about something. I mean, it, it does. And so we, we do kind of want to jump to the, oh, okay, well, you know, here, let's, let's go over here. Let's go get some ice cream or, um, oh, it'll be okay. Just wait 24 hours or, you know, whatever <laughs> you might say. Um, a lot of times we do we do do that jump and it is partly because it's uncomfortable or right it causes fear in us and mm. uh you know that's okay too i think it's it's better you've you've figured out a really good solution to that to say you know what i'm just going to listen right now and i think that's that's really important um it helps to have a line right when, when what these things come up, I, I found it helps to have a line. So, so my line with my line with my one of my kiddos has been, well, okay. So here's an example. Um, she was looking to get a job, and she had applied for a, in a couple of places, and interviewed um, at a few as well. And she had one that was that she really wanted. And then there was another one that seemed like it would be okay and she'd be good with that, but she really wanted this first one. Well, the second job got a hold of her right away, offered her a contract. She signed the contract, got the job, and then almost right after she signed that contract, she found out that the other job wanted her. Hmm. And she was so upset. And, you know, I mean, Sometimes you want to say, well, when God, you know, has closed a door, he opens a window or, you know, or this is the job God had for you. Those are all the things that I'm thinking that I'm right. going to say as she's explaining this to me. And praise the Lord, he kept my big mouth shut. And, um, and instead I said, you know, 
I get that. That's got to be really hard. Yeah. And it's okay to grieve over this. I would grieve too. Right. But just don't stay there. Yeah. And um, that was exactly what she needed to hear. She needed to have permission to grieve. She went and she worked at the job that she got. Six months later, she came back to me and she said, Mom, this was the job God had for me. Hmm. This was, that was what I was meant to have. And I could have taken that whole blessing completely away by yeah. just stating that. But yet she got to experience it. So yeah. I think being quiet <laughs> is a really good thing. Well, and uh, allowing the Lord to work in us as parents, too. You know, I I have prayed for my children since before they were born, I I pray for wisdom every single day. And so I need as a parent to listen to the Holy Spirit as he is prompting me to speak or not to speak. And so if he's saying to say things, he gives me those words because he is faithful to answer those prayers. But a lot of times, especially as they're getting older, I just need to be still and listen and allow God to teach them like you were noting, because mm -hmm. a, a lesson learned like that personally is so much more valuable than just the platitude of me telling her, even though I was right, you know, but, yes. but then it's, it's something that she has experienced and it's personal to her. And that is so much stronger than just mama telling me what is true. It is tough to make that shift, though. You know, when your kids are little, you really have to guide them through all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But as they as they get older, you know, you do. It's better to listen and just step back a bit. Yeah. And just sort of see how this is going to unfold. And God, you know, yep. And God grows our faith as parents through that. He. He teaches us so much as we walk in obedience that way. And it's it makes for a really exciting time. So good, good points, my friend. Well, we are just about out of time here, Lori. So I want you to tell us where everyone can find you. Where can they find Messy Hope? And how can they connect with you? Um, I know you mentioned some Facebook groups. I know you mentioned that you do coaching. So tell us about all of that. And I'll be sure that we link everything in the show notes to make it super easy. Okay. Well, uh, you can find uh, the book, Messy Hope, Help Your Child Overcome Anxiety, Depression, or Suicidal Ideation on any of your favorite online stores. You can also get it in the brick and mortar stores, but yet, you know, it, it may or may not be on the shelves depending on the store. So right. you can get it through your store. You can find me at lauriewildenberg.com, L-O-R-I-W-I-L. D-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. And you can also find my books on there. Um, sign up for my blog if you're interested. I, I don't fill up your inbox, that's for sure. <laughs> so you don't have to worry that you're going to get a bazillion um, emails. And then you can also find me on Facebook. Um, you can find me on my author page, Lori Wildenberg. Or you can find me at Moms Together. Um, the Moms Together page and the Moms Together group. Um, and I, if you are interested in some parent coaching, you can go to my website and just write me in that contact section. So 
anyway, is that, did I answer the question? That's, that's perfect. And we'll make sure that we link all of those things. But Lori, thank you for spending the time with us today, sharing your story and, you know, how God has used a difficult situation, a really, really difficult situation to equip you in a very unique way to help so many others. And thank you for, for putting that out there uh, as an offering to him to be used. Well, thanks so much for having me on your show. I, I so appreciate it, and I appreciate you and all the, all the work that you're doing with Teach Them Diligently. It's great. It's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're very excited to see what God is doing. Everybody else, thank you for hanging out with us today. I trust that this has been a, a hope and encouragement to you. If you find yourself in a situation where you're dealing with dark difficult emotions like this and, and realities like this. I, I encourage you to pick up this book, reach out to Lori, allow her to help you. If you're not there yet, I would pick up the book anyway, because you never know what's around the next bend. But I can also tell you that you don't know what your children's friends are going to be dealing with either. And to be equipped to deal with those type of emotions and to help counsel your children who are dealing with their friends going through those types of emotions is really, really valuable. So check out the book, Messy Hope. You can find it. I'll link to it down below in the show notes. Um, you can find it in other places as well as Lori mentioned and on her website. So have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.